I want to talk to you for just a few minutes. You can take the study guide out of your worship folder. And I want to talk to you a little bit about human nature and how it relates to worship and maybe challenge your thinking a little bit about worship this morning. I want to read this passage from Luke chapter 4. This starts in verse 16. And he, Jesus, came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as was his custom, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day and he stood up to read. And the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him and he unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind to set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And he rolled up the scroll and gave it to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, Today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. And all spoke well of him and marveled at the gracious words that were coming from his mouth and said, Is this not Joseph's son? And he said to them, Doubtless you will quote me this proverb, Physician, heal yourself. What we've heard you did at Capernaum, do here in your hometown as well. See, they wanted to see him do a miracle. And he said, truly I say to you, no prophet is acceptable in his hometown. Now, Jesus understood human nature. Of course, he also had the advantage he could look in their hearts and know what they were thinking. But he understood they were saying, when they were saying, heal yourself, they're going, we know you. Who are you to be telling us anything? Or maybe a more contemporary version of a saying that would fit this situation. Familiarity breeds contempt. So you're saying, okay, Joe, what does that have to do with Jesus or the person of Jesus or worship? Back in the 1990s, a lot of us men got involved in this promise keepers movement. And when they would have these big events at stadium, once or 50,000, 60,000 guys, and you go for the whole weekend, you hear great teaching, and you just get caught up in amazing worship and we go there and we'd be completely abandoned to god in worship and when we came home wasn't like that now okay i get it Sixty thousand guys singing holy 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 i there's something about that I, i get that but i think there's something more at work here i think there's a principle perhaps you have experienced being freer in your worship somewhere other than your church home Why? I think this principle of no honor in your own home is at work in us. See, I've been out in these chairs myself and knew God was kind of nudging me to worship him in a certain way or in a certain mode. And I kind of went, "Eh, I don't think so. See, I think there's pride involved. We are concerned about how we look to those who know us best. Consider this passage, 2 Samuel chapter 6. I'm going to start in the middle of verse 12. So David went to bring up the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David with rejoicing. Verse 14, wearing a linen ephod, David was dancing before the Lord with all his might, while he and all Israel were bringing up the ark with the Lord with shouts and the sound of trumpets. And the ark of the Lord was entering the city of David. Michal, daughter of Saul, that's David's wife, watched from a window And when she saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, she despised him in her heart. Verse 20. When David returned home to bless his household, Michal, daughter of Saul, came out to him and said, How the king of Israel has distinguished himself today, going around half naked in full view of the slave girls of his servants, as any vulgar fellow would. And David said to Michal, It was before the Lord. 
who chose me rather than your father or anyone from his house when he appointed me ruler over the Lord's people Israel. I will celebrate before the Lord. And I will become even more undignified than this, and I will be humiliated in my own eyes. You see, David, the man after God's own heart, understood what worship was about. So what's the message for New Life Church? I think it's this. Lay down your pride. Worship isn't about you. Worry less about what man thinks and more about what God thinks. Pastor Steve gave us this definition of worship back at Christmas 2009. Worship is our response, both personally and collectively, to God for who he is and what he's done, expressed in and by the things that we say and the way that we live. So if worship is a response to who God is and what he's done, doesn't that demand a response that's in line with God's person and deeds? Shouldn't it be big? Shouldn't it be loud? Shouldn't it be unrestrained? Even in our own home? Especially in our own home. No matter who else might see or hear? Might it maybe cost us something? I want to make three quick points. First of all, know your role. When you're in worship, know your role. First of all, I think a lot of us don't understand. The worship team that's up here every week, they are prompters. They're just kind of guiding us through things. You are the performers. You. God himself is the audience. I have people that come to me and say, you know, Joe, I'd like to see us doing more songs where we just sit and watch somebody else sing. And, you know, we do that from time to time. But on balance, we don't do that a lot. Why? Because I think it's misunderstanding our role. You are the performers. It's an active thing. It's not passive. You've got to be engaged in it. So on balance, we're going to err toward the side of doing more participatory worship. Why? Because you are the performers. You know, the worship team prepares for hours to be up here for 25 or 30 minutes of music each week. How do you prepare? Do you prepare? Do you come hungry to worship? Are you even here when we worship? Know your role. Secondly, use all modes. There's a lot of different modes of worship. I don't have time to spend on these. I'm just going to touch on them. I've given you a bunch of scripture references that you can look at these. First of all, singing. That one's obvious. We kind of tend to equate worship and singing. And guess what? They're not the same thing. Singing is a mode of worship. How about instrumental music? Sometimes I think some of you guys are going... I don't know what to do with those instrumental passages. Hey, that's worship. Look it up. How about responding to good teaching? Dancing, we saw a little bit of that. Clapping. I, some people, well, I don't like it when they clap in church. <laughs> well, there it is, right in the Bible. <laughs> Kneeling or bowing in submission. How about visual art, responding to visual art, like the beautiful cross in our baptistry? Or I've been someplace else, like beautiful stained glass, things like that 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 portray things that help us reflect on who God is. Prayer, fasting, giving, silent reflection, serving others. All of those are modes of worship. So first, know your role. Secondly, use all modes. And third, respond accordingly. Celebrate the truth of the gospel. God created the wonders of the universe for his own glory. All humanity has broken God's law, but God's love led him to make a plan to reestablish community with us. Jesus Christ came to earth as a baby. He lived a perfect life. 
He went to the cross. He endured shame and physical suffering for us, was killed. But he overcame the grave and rose to life and was seen by many. What's your response to that new life, church? So let me ask you a few questions. Is your worship response appropriate to who God is and what he's done? Are you willing to humble yourself and be undignified in your worship? Do you despise someone else in your heart because of their response? Well, I think that's too over the top. Are you willing to respond to the Holy Spirit as he prompts you, regardless of who might see or hear it? And will you start right now in the time we have remaining today? Listen to me, church. You have permission to freely worship the audience of one in this place today and every time we meet inside these walls to worship. You don't need any other permission. Let's pray. God, we are just so grateful for the opportunity to be in a place where we can gather and worship you freely, unabashed, unrestrained. God, give us the boldness to make our response in line with your person and your deeds. And in the time we have remaining today, may our worship be a sweet incense to you. May we, the body of New Life Church, put you in a place where you deserve, see you as high and lifted up, understand who you are, God, help us as we just engage with worship in the time remaining. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.